Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. We've got a wonderful show in store for you today. I got an excellent guest. I've been looking forward to bringing her on to the show for a while. Um, And we're going to be talking all about conscious business today, um, which you know is very near and dear to my heart. But first, of course, let's get started with our little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, as uh, for those of you who haven't joined us for a while, you know, I used to do our quotes of the day in the beginning from Abraham and from uh, the universe, but now I'm doing a little section of my book. So today's section is entitled, Loneliness is about separation from ourselves. Being alone does not mean we are lonely. Being lonely does not mean we are alone. Loneliness is about separation, not separation from others, but from ourselves. When we are connected to our true authentic nature, we never feel lonely. That's because at the very heart and core of who and what we are, we are connected. We are a connected eternal spirit. To cultivate the connection to our soul, being alone serves us. It is much easier for us to connect to ourselves if there, is, if there are no external distractions. When we look deep inside, we may find some scary things. Yet, ultimately, if we go deep enough, we connect to our true divine nature. We can also find our divine nature by seeing it in others and connecting to them. Yet, more often than not, we use connecting to others as an excuse not to look inside. Why is that? Perhaps it is because we consciously don't know what we'll find there. Perhaps it is because we fear all those things we have been suppressing will will rise up. Perhaps it is because we just don't feel worthy. Yet if we sit still 
even for five minutes and close our eyes and feel what is inside of us, a whole new world opens up. It is a world that is rich and full of texture and feeling, a world full of connection and support. Our loneliness comes from disconnecting from this richer, rich inner world. When was the last time you took time to connect with yourself? How about sitting with yourself on a regular basis? Are you ready for that connection? So it's, it's quite interesting that I wrote this long before the pandemic happened. I wrote this um, back when I uh, was in a teaching and, and the teacher talked about, you know, loneliness is, is not really about being disconnected to others, but about being disconnected with ourselves. And he was very good at, you know, reflecting about how our feelings that we tend to make it external are really all internal. And it, so it just really struck me because over the years, I used to be that kind of person who I always wanted to be with somebody else. I didn't really like being alone. You know, I liked being with other people. I, I, I'm a big believer in community. I'm a big believer of working with people. And, but what's happened over the years is as I've done the deeper inner work, as I've found those uncomfortable places within myself and recognize them and shine a light on them to see like, what is it that, that made me feel uncomfortable with myself? And I've learned to accept those things and to even appreciate them because they make me who I am today. I actually now have become very comfortable being by myself. Now, does this mean I want to be by myself all the time? No, of course not. I love people. I, 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 I this, this whole idea of, you know, the, the social distancing and being apart and, you know, not going, getting together in groups is, is a complete anthema to me. I, I'm, I'm just all about working with people, bringing people together, being in community. Yet I'm okay being by myself. I'm okay if there's no one around. I, I'm, I'm all right being with myself. I'm okay being without the distraction, being without something to take me out of the presence of what's going on, what am I feeling right here, right now at this time. Didn't happen overnight. Did not happen without a lot of work. But it it the rewards of it are very rich so that... I'm comfortable being with myself enough that then when I come to be with other people, I'm much more at ease. I'm much more at peace. I'm much more able to be present with those around me. And, and what I found so interesting about it, like looking back on this section of the book today, given everything that's happened, is I remember last summer, almost a year ago now, when I talked to a friend of mine I hadn't spoken to for a while, and she's a a meditator. She does TM, Transcendental Meditation. And we were talking about, you know, at the time, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, all the protests, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on. And, and we were talking with each other about what a gift it is to kind of like not have to go out and not going anywhere and just kind of being able to sit and meditate. And she said, you know, Sam, for people like you and me, if we can't go outside, we can go inside. 
but there are a lot of people out there who don't know how to do that. And, and that's one, this is like one of those sections of the book, which is why I, I published the book back in November that I felt it was important to get it out was to support people in this understanding that, Hey, just because we can't go out doesn't mean there's not a, a deep, vast, rich world inside of us that we can explore. And that just because we, we're not necessarily going out to concerts and shows and you know soon that's all going to be changing, but just because we can't do things that we we've used to do and always like to do doesn't mean that we're cut off from all possibilities and that by being really present with ourselves, by really paying attention to what are we feeling in the moment, to what's bubbling up inside of us, so that it's a rich opportunity to know ourselves better, to, to shine a light on things that we haven't been willing to shine a light on, to work things out that we haven't worked out before, that that, that just makes life all that much richer and deeper and more beautiful when we come out of it. So um, I, I hope you, you like this quote. It's actually kind of apropos for, for my guest today, because uh, my guest is somebody who is very, very good at, at bringing community together and bringing people together. So it is my pleasure to welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Terry Maxwell. Terry is the founder and CEO of Share on Purpose, Inc., a business cultivator that invests, launches, and grows purposeful brands. She also created shiftco.global, a wonderful business growth community for conscious entrepreneurs, right? You guys are my tribe, who want to grow a thriving business that makes the world better. In an entrepreneurial career that spans almost 30 years, Terry has launched, owned, sold, rebranded, and turned around more than 50 brands. She is known for her game-changing models for both business and personal success, and her work has been featured in the New York Times, Success Magazine, Fox, and CBS, so you know this woman's no slouch. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Terry. Oh, Sam, thanks for having me. And I loved uh, the quote in the background that you provided. Ah, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it's kind of funny. I'm just sort of going through the sections of the book one by one in order, yet somehow they tend to be rather apropos for whoever my guest is that day. Who'd have thunk it, huh? Very fitting, very fitting. So, so Terry, I'd love just in the few minutes we have before our first break to just kind of give the audience some background about yourself. Like, how did you become a woman who brings together conscious business professionals? I mean, was this something that you saw yourself doing from the time you were a kid? I mean, were you like me? Like, I used to sell newspapers to make money on the side. I was always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Or, or was this kind of something that, that developed a little bit later in life for you? Well, it really started with a lesson my grandfather taught me. I grew up in a 600 square foot trailer. We were deeply impoverished, um, abused in every way possible. But I had this mentor in my life, my grandfather, and he taught me that you get what you focus on. Yes. And, uh, you know, and that was such a powerful lesson for me. And I began at a very young age to focus on the good, to focus on where I could make an impact, to focus on where I could make a difference. And I started my professional career as a middle school teacher to fulfill oh. his dream for me that, you know, to get what you focus on. And that was going to be the way that I would give back. And 
that transcended into the working for an educational software company. And that's when I uncovered, I had this natural instinct for business that I never knew I had. And, um, and then the rest is history. I was known as a go-to person to grow your business, launching some of the biggest brands in the world, Holy Guacamole. I could go on and on. And, um, but I kept coming back to this how do I make a difference? How do I make a difference? And growing businesses wasn't it. Um, but when I uncovered that I could help people grow businesses that made the world better, that's when everything shifted. Uh, uh, was there a, a particular incident or was there something that, that really got like, like shook you up that said, you know, yeah, this is why I want to work with, with conscious businesses. I want to work with businesses that, that, that take a different approach, not traditional businesses. Was there something, something, a particular incident, or was it just a natural outgrowth of, of your, your path? No, there was a catalyst in 2007. We rebranded a company that's now known as Holy Guacamole, the largest um, packaged guacamole company. Everybody knows their name and has seen their packaging. We did the rebranding and relaunch and they were different. The CEO of that business and his team were conscious entrepreneurs. And mm. I, I compared them to my other clients and none of my other clients were like that. There were large corporations. Uh. And I saw this difference between mm -hmm. a conscious entrepreneur and somebody who's paid to run a business and everything shifted. And so I sold my business mm. and which ended up being good timing and started all over and you know, share on purpose was born in 2009. Oh, wow. <laughs> right after the financial crisis. Yeah. yeah. You, you got out just the right time. Just Good the right time. You. I sold everything, shut it down, said, it, you know, I am going to do nothing but use these business growth skills to help entrepreneurs who are making the world better. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, we're going to go out to break. When we come back, I would like to talk about why, um, conscious like what are the differences between sort of a traditional business and a conscious business and and how that actually makes better business okay because sometimes people think like this conscious stuff this woo woo stuff it's it's nice but you know it, it's not profitable and i want to dispel that myth okay absolutely Awesome. Oh, and I see loyal listener William listening to us on the Facebook Live. Great to have you, William. Um, of course, as always, anyone listening, if you have questions or comments, please post them in the Facebook Live. We will get to them during the show. Uh, you are listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc and all over Facebook on Facebook Live. And we will be right back after these messages. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. 
I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. To the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, speaking this hour with Terry Maxwell, CEO and founder of Share on Purpose Inc. Um, so, Terry, we're talking about conscious businesses, and 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 let's let's define our terms a little bit. What what makes somebody a conscious entrepreneur or a conscious business a conscious business? Yeah, so a conscious business is simultaneously trying to do good in the world and make money. And a conscious entrepreneur is someone who wants to do that in their own business, providing as much value as possible. Right. And is this as effective as just being a bottom line dollars and cents, like just profit driven company? Well, if you, you have to think about the word effective, can you make as much money? Yes. Do you get there the same way? No. Um, so when I, when I, when someone says, is it effective? It's effective at achieving a dual objective. Is it efficient mm. in terms of profit? No, but you can make just as much money. You just have to get there a very different way. Right. Right. I, I've heard it said that they call it the quadruple bottom line. Um, good, good for the, um, good for the shareholders. Good. Well, good for the company, good for the employees, good for the customers and good for the planet. Absolutely. It's four P's. So people, profit, purpose, and planet. Planning. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, um, and I've also heard that there are reports that show that conscious companies actually, in terms of investing in them, actually outperform companies that you would consider more traditional or not conscious. What's been your experience with that? Totally 100%. Um, 
Uh, now I lost a lot of money in the beginning trying to figure this out, but I was approaching it, you know, as a traditional investor, not as a ah. leader, which was a very hard lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I think if you really strip it back, why conscious companies outperform from a shareholder standpoint, much less a stakeholder, is because they think about the long term versus quarter right. to quarter squeezing out profits where you cut corners and you know you take shortcuts to squeeze out profit as opposed to maximizing value and when you maximize value everybody wins yeah can can you give us an example like what's a a relatively well-known company that you would consider a conscious company um patagonia would be one of my favorite um you know and and they they price their product based on value not to achieve a certain profit objective And as a result of that, they build products that are more valuable to their target market. They study their target market. They find out what their target market wants. And they focus on value, not squeezing out and cutting this corner and using a different material to squeeze out two points on the bottom line. And it's a very different mindset. Right. And and then also, it's like when you're cutting corners like that, sometimes the corners you're cutting, uh, the end consumer may not see it, but where it's being manufactured might see it. It might be a little more toxic to the environment. Absolutely. Or, you know, use labor, you know, that's not ethical. I mean, you could go on and on or testing practices that are not ethical. So from, from end to end, everything about a conscious business is about doing good And you can't have a short-term view of that because this piece that you change over here is going to affect that piece. You know, I saw a video a long time ago that was one of the first videos. It was like an animated video called The Story of Stuff. I think that I believe the website was the story of stuff.com. And what it did is, is it tried to like open up your view of what you don't see as a consumer, like what happens to the packaging, you know, manufacturing and the impact on the environment and the people and how ultimately in the long run, having, I'm going to call it a toxic culture because it's a mindset where it feels like it's okay if you use chemicals that that you after the waste you dump into the environment because it's you know f- across the globe and it's not impacting your, your shareholders or your customers directly or yourself um but that it while in the short term that might be good in the long term it's actually killing us isn't it absolutely and i'll give you a great example a friend of mine is a ceo of a company called earth hero And I've learned so much from him. Um, And one of the biggest products that is the most difficult to break down is a toothbrush. And think about every time you go to a dentist, they give you a toothbrush. How many toothbrushes do you have in your closet, right? Right. And that product does not break down. And so when you... When you think about not just water bottles in the ocean, which, you know, is really disgusting, but a toothbrush, a product we use every day is currently designed not to break down. Yeah, yeah. And but there are alternatives. Like I know a woman in India who company manufactures bamboo toothbrushes. Bamboo toothbrushes. They're amazing. Which are amazing. I have a whole slew of them. And every time my dentist wants to give me another toothbrush, I'm like, let me tell you about the bamboo toothbrush. 
Yeah, you know what? I never thought about it. My 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 dentist is a fairly conscious person. She's a Reiki practitioner and everything else. I should get her to to do bamboo toothbrushes when she gives out toothbrushes. Um, and and yeah, and the other thing too I learned was that like you should actually change your toothbrush relatively regularly, um, which makes the whole thing even worse because now not only do you getting a toothbrush that doesn't break down, but you're supposed to change it more frequently than you think. So now you're polluting even more. Exactly. And it just doesn't break down. Hundreds of years, the toothbrush is still intact. Wow. 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 You know, I never thought about it, but it make, now that you say it, it makes perfect sense. Um, now, are conscious businesses necessarily like businesses that operate like, you know, like yoga studios and, and, and like more spiritual or more esoteric kinds of stuff? Or, or can a conscious business be just a very practical day-to-day kind of business? Yeah, um, I have seen conscious entrepreneurs in every single industry there is. And we actually commissioned a study a couple of years ago because I really wanted to know before we invested in Shiftco, whether or not this was, you know, as big of a thing as I thought it was, I was blown away. There's 70 million conscious entrepreneurs globally, really somewhere between 10 to 15 in the U S 15 million, 10 to 15. And as soon as they hear the definition of what a conscious entrepreneur is, they recognize it. The top three things that they had in common is First, when they think about their product, a conscious, a, a, a traditional entrepreneur says, will someone buy it? Right. A conscious entrepreneur says, will it solve a problem? You know, you just right. think about the nuance of that. It's very yeah. different. Pricing, a, a regular entrepreneur says, what will someone pay? A conscious entrepreneur says, how much is it worth? Um, right. They're really focused on value. Back to Patagonia. Patagonia doesn't price their products to make a, a profit. They price it based on the value. And as a result of that, they build more valuable products. And then the biggest one is when it comes to success, most entrepreneurs and most business leaders says, how much money will I make? A conscious entrepreneur says, can I make a difference? And so if you think about the different questions that conscious entrepreneurs start with, my favorite conscious entrepreneur is a franchise of a barbecue chain in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, wow. And they they're, you know, they're franchise owners, but every decision that they make is based on what's best for my people, what's best for Mm. the community, what's best for our customers. How do we how do we improve the experience? And they're a barbecue franchise. Wow. That's great. That's great. I love that. Um, that, That like so warms my heart to hear that. Um. Have there been any challenges for you working with conscious entrepreneurs that you didn't expect? Two, actually. Um, and and I, I think I have, sometimes I think I have to learn things the hard way, but um, mm. one of them is with marketing, that most people are taught things like funnels and lead magnets. And as a conscious entrepreneur, if you start doing those things, you violate right. the principles of conscious entrepreneurship. And the second is pricing. Um, you know, our business as a conscious entrepreneur, I feel chooses us and to be born. Um, and I say that all the time. Um, and as a result of that, we know we're supposed to be doing this thing that we're doing. And as a result of that, we frequently have a hard time with pricing because it feels bigger than us. And those are the biggest. And then the last thing that sums those two up that is different about conscious entrepreneurs is the business grows as we evolve. 
kind of mm. right back to where we started with your book. The business right. grows as we evolve, not based on how many hours we work, right. not based on what we charge, but the business grows as we evolve our own human nature and our own consciousness. And that's a biggie. Yeah, I, you know, so much of what you said, I, I I can relate to so personally, because like just what you said that the business chooses you, you don't choose the business. Like with myself running talkradio.nyc, I didn't choose this. I just met a guy who had started talking alternative 11 years ago, and he had decided to become a Buddhist monk. And so he was looking to sell off all his worldly goods. And I first I just thought I would help him to sell his business. And, and, and I kind of jokingly said at the end of our meeting, like, well, this is like getting two businesses for the price of one, you know, if I can't find someone to buy it, I'll buy it myself, but kind of joking about it. And then when I talked to my wife, she was like, ah, don't help them to sell it. Let's just buy it ourselves. I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> you know, but it was really, and I, and I love it. And, and I also, I seen, because when I first took it over a nice big growth spurt, and then it, it slowly started to contract and then it, it then it, I, I sort of went on this journey of doing a lot more deeper personal work over the last, you know, six, seven years. And, and now, like, I feel like I've uh, coming somewhere, like, as I feel like I've developed and I'm doing better, now the business is really taking off. And that, and also just because I had done a lot of my own personal work, when the pandemic hit and the lockdown happened, and I had to totally change up my business model. I did it over a weekend, like with no resistance. And, and that's where I find sometimes even conscious, conscious business owners and conscious entrepreneurs sometimes have trouble is, is we can be conscious, but we can still be attached and we can still resist what is and still resist the environment. But because I had done so much, you know, we went from being an in-studio, in-person only kind of station to now going virtual and doing everything over Zoom. And now we have hosts all over the country, soon to be across the globe, because we're, we're next month going to be bringing on a host across the pond in the UK. And, and it's amazing. Like it, I didn't want to do it, but because I did take that leap forward, because in a way I was forced to, but I didn't resist it. It's opened up a tremendous opportunity for my business. So um, it really, I, I can see like a, the practical application of the very things that you're saying. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people have, they fight that tendency to resist and surrender is powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It's time for us to take our, our next commercial break. Uh, when we come back, I'm wondering if maybe we can give some advice to our audience about people who are either working within a company that might not be that conscious what they can do to be an agent of change within their company or people who let's say are, are have decided to do something different and they want to start their own business what they should be thinking about to form a conscious business okay you got it awesome so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity our guest this hour is terry maxwell founder and ceo of share on purpose inc and we'll be right back after these messages you're listening to talk radio nyc uplift educate empower Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. 
Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, I just want to mention, I want to make sure that people who are listening know about the new shows that have come on to the station because we've really grown a lot. Um, if you have not yet caught, uh, Kevin Barbaro has come back with another version of his show, Coffee Talk, which he now calls Coffee Talk XL, which airs uh, Tuesday evenings from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Talk Radio NYC. Uh, today, I hopefully you've caught uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Reverend Dr. Tara Lynn Curry, known as Dr. Reverend Dr. TLC, uh, is uh, doing her show right before my show, uh, Dismantle Racism, uh, from 11 a.m. to 12 uh, Thursdays. This uh, evening, actually, today, another host returned to us, uh, Frank Harrison, with his show, uh, Frank About Health, starting at 5 p.m., followed by Planet Pakalolo, uh, all about the cannabis industry uh, um, and uncovering those taboos from 6 to 7 p.m. So lots of new shows, more to come next month. Uh, a lot of growth and change is happening here at talkradio.nyc. So if you have not yet, please go to our website and sign up for our newsletter. Just uh, go to talkradio.nyc, click on that button that says join the tribe, and uh, we'll keep you up to date on all the changes. So Terry, 
getting back to to what I'd mentioned, we, we've talked a lot about the benefits and why to be sort of a conscious entrepreneur or a conscious business. What about those people who are working in a company or an organization? Doesn't even have to be a company. Could be you know a nonprofit. Could be a, a, a municipal organization that's maybe doesn't operate that consciously. What can they do to sort of help promote a more conscious way of operating? Yeah, excellent question. And I think that's one of the hardest things that I see. One of our businesses um, does career work, and it's heartbreaking to watch that. Um, I think the key to leading from within is really presence. And by maintaining your presence and asking deeper questions, well, why do we do that? Like, you can't convince them they need to do something different until you can really expand the awareness that there might be another way. And so I, when I'm working with somebody to try to help them lead from within more consciously, I say presence, number one, and second, just ask questions. Like you can't tell them right. what to do, but you can just ask thoughtful questions from a place of presence and let the, you know, let the universe kind of do its thing. Right. Right. I love that. I love that answer so much. It's so true because if an organization has been operating a certain way and it's relatively successful or it's just done okay, there's going to be some resistance to change and you can't push a change because if you push, you're going to get the resistance back. But if you just try and open up a different way of thinking about it or just shine a light like, hey, you know, why do we do this? Maybe we can do this a little differently that might be better both for us and for the customers and, and for people in general and get people thinking and, and help them to sort of come to maybe a more conscious way of doing things on their own, that it's a much more, well, it takes a lot less effort for one thing. And, and then the people you're, you're in a way trying to convince, it's not that you're trying to convince them, but you're just helping them to discover better solutions on their own. And then they're going to champion it that much more. And then they'll slowly evolve into being more conscious. And now there's two of you, not just one of you. And it's kind of like you've just recruited someone to your cause without actually recruiting them. Yeah. And in, in the authentic leadership work that I talk about, um, the question I say is, who do we serve? And what do they need from us in this situation? And that's a very powerful question for anything, virtual work, you know, a PR initiative, who do we serve and what do they need from us in this situation? And that one question kind of strips away the excuses. Um, but when you really get back to the essence of who do we serve and what do they need from us right now? Um, the answers to that usually lead you to conscious business decisions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that question. Okay, so now on the flip side of the coin, what if our listeners are somebody who um, maybe used to work at an organization or, or, or just they're an entrepreneurial spirit and they've, just, they're, they're, they've left it or they just want to start something new? What kinds of, of questions should they be asking themselves or what that should they be aware of, of like, how should they be a conscious business? How do they integrate this deeper awareness into whatever kind of a business they're starting? Yeah, the beautiful thing there is there really are only three things to master to build a sustainable business. And that sustainable means that you're earning twenty to $30,000 a month. Um, one is fit, 
It needs to fit you and your calling. Mm -hmm. And in that area, not every person uh, and entrepreneur is the same. So there's a little business assessment that we give people so that they can construct a business that fits them and their persona. So fit is number one. Um, second is differentiation is more powerful than demand generation. Differentiation is being different in a way that matters to your buyer. So it's knowing who you serve and knowing what they truly need from you. That's the second thing to master. And the third is authentic demand generation, mm -hmm. not marketing, not sales, not funnels, but authentic building relationships, adding value. And if you can master those three things and just focus on those three things, you can build a sustainable business in any industry. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Are there any like unique challenges for people who are trying to build a more conscious and more sustainable business? Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about it. Pricing is one of the biggest because mm -hmm. that business has chosen us and we know it's about something bigger. And we like, how do I charge for that? Well, you charge for that based on how much value are you providing and making sure you're building a sustainable business. So pricing is one every conscious entrepreneur in that I have ever worked with in the last 12 years struggles with pricing more so than most businesses. Mm. Um, and then the second is that your business grows as you evolve. That was one of the biggest insights that I had because here I was this well-known growth strategist and I thought, oh, well, I'm gonna start purposeful businesses. It's gonna be a piece of cake. I'm now gonna use these gifts to do good in the world. It was hard, you know, because some of the things that I was doing were not authentic and conscious. They were marketing mm. and sales and, and those things just are not as effective. Um, I had a question. I lost it. Um, when somebody, does it really matter what kind of business someone is going into? Like, are, are there any industries that you would say are inherently not conscious? I think um, the sex trades, I think, number one, um, okay. uh, you know, that one is, uh, you know, anything that demeans humans or animals or the planet in any way. Um, you know, I, ironically, I, I think that's the most fascinating thing. I kept thinking we need to vertical, verticalize what we were doing. And it's not that. I mean, it's truly the the calling of the entrepreneur and mm. the, the clarity of the market that they serve and the consciousness with which they serve those three C's mm. that makes the ingredients for success. It's not the traditional vertical, this vertical, that it's truly right, just right. the, the clarity, um, the calling and being clear about that. And then the consciousness with which you lead and are you evolving yourself rather than trying to grow your business. If you focus on evolving yourself, your business will grow. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And, and just because you're, you're being a conscious entrepreneur does not mean you have to ignore like basic business principles. Like you still need to operate at a profit you, unless, you, unless you're starting a nonprofit organization, right? I mean, it's, it's one thing that I've, when I've coached people in the past about, uh, uh, you know, when I've worked with conscious entrepreneurs, you know, typically solopreneurs, you know, they love doing their work, but they like practically giving things away for free and it's not really sustainable. And so, you know, and this, this was the question I forgot. It was like, we do have to 
pay attention to some basic business principles, even though we're conscious entrepreneurs, don't we? Bingo. And one of the first partnerships we struck um, for Shipco.Global was with a conscious accounting firm called Borrow Team. Mm. And they have a beautiful business model and they help conscious entrepreneurs get clear on their pricing, figure out their financials, learn how to oh. read financial statements so you can be financially successful. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. I love that. I love that. It, it sounds like as you've worked to be more conscious in your business, you've actually found or have attracted aligned brands and aligned businesses to you. Is that something that you think is fairly common? Very common. Um, and I, when I think of the synchronicities in, you know, in our partnership program and how our master teachers have come to us, it's like um, there's just something special when you're with another mm. conscious person. I could tell when we first met there's something very different and unique about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's time for us to take our last break. Oh my God. I could like have a conversation with you for hours and hours, but uh, when we come back, let's um, uh, talk about uh, Shiftco a little bit. Like what is it that you offer? And, and because you do have such a powerful community and tool for helping people to be more conscious. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to talk about that a bit and let our audience know in, in case they're interested. So um, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on talkradio.nyc. We're talking with Terry Maxwell, CEO and founder of Share on Purpose, Inc., and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been having an amazing conversation this hour with uh, Terry Maxwell, founder and CEO of Share on Purpose and the creator of ShiftCo Global. So what's the diff- what is Share on Purpose and what is ShiftCo? So Share on Purpose is like the holding company. It's the portfolio and we have launched five brands out of it. Um, invested, started, launched. And about four years ago, some of clients in those other businesses said, you need to take this method, what we call the conscious business growth platform and turn it into a community. And then two years ago, they were like, no, you really have to do it. We'll put up the money. And I'm like, okay, you're serious. So that's, that's where shipco.global was born. Yeah, and it's a wonderful community. I've had the pleasure of, of, of sitting in on a couple of the meetings. Why don't you explain what is the benefit of being with other conscious business entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think um, because it's based on the conscious business growth platform, everyone is working a pathway. And no one's working the same pathway at any one time, but you're working on that one thing that you need to get your business to the next level. And why that's important is that 85 to 87% of all conscious entrepreneurs are not building a sustainable business. And they're thinking about, should I go back and get a job or, you know, and, and we don't want that. We really want them to learn how, whether it's pricing or positioning or packaging, we want them to learn how to build a sustainable business. So that's number one. Secondly, it's collaborative learning. So you, you work sometimes individually with a coach, depending on the skill Frequently, you work with a small coaching group um, where you're getting constant feedback. And then we've got all these um, these collaborative learning ways that people can plug in. Sometimes they're working on mindset. Sometimes they're working on confidence. And so there's all of these different learning modalities. Um, and it's like we're growing together is, mm. is really the key. Even though we're working different skills and different pathways, we're growing together. Would you consider conscious entrepreneurism a movement? It's absolutely a movement. And I think it is going to be the catalyst for conscious business overall. The two largest conscious business organizations are Conscious Capitalism um, and B Corp. And the majority of their members are that that are heralded are these large corporations. Yet the majority of their actual members are these conscious entrepreneurs who are struggling to grow. And when you really think about the genesis of a conscious business and somebody approaching their craft from how do I provide more value, the purest basis of entrepreneurship, um, it is going to be the catalyst to for people to really understand the value of conscious business will be conscious entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um. Does uh, you mentioned B Corp and it's something that I've been curious about myself. Do you think every conscious business should be a B Corp or is that not necessary? It's really not necessary. Um, there are other certification um, organizations out there. What I like about B Corp, Shiftco is a benefit corporation. Um, and what I like about the certification that B Corp provides is you know, it's a grilling process to get mm. certified as a B Corp. And it's, um, you know, you can look at a company, say, like WeWork and the struggles that they had, that they were using the language of conscious entrepreneurship, 
but their actions didn't necessarily match up with that. And as a result of that, they got themselves into a lot of trouble. Right. Um, and with an organization like B Corp that certifies, and there's others, GRI and others that certify um, conscious companies, you know, you, you have to pass the test in order mm. to, and they, and you know, it's a grueling certification process. So that's the reason why you don't have to do that, but it gives you a level of, um, assurance that when you're working with a conscious company that they're certified and that they've been checked out. We got a question from the Facebook live from our loyal listener, William. And I, I, I want to ask this question because I think this is a very, very common question. He says, marketing is a weakness I have as a coach being small and limited funds. I hesitate on hiring somebody. What would you suggest? Yeah, we, we teach a process called authentic demand generation, which is figuring out what you love to do. So if you love to speak, start speaking for free. If you love mm. to be on social media, start doing that. But then do that thing that you love to do so that you're simply building awareness that you exist. Do it with an eye towards the value that you can provide. When I started doing that, my first company that Share on Purpose um, funded was um, Succeed on Purpose. And I did all the, I'm going to buy the radio show and the billboard, all the things that I knew to do from my old business growth ways, none of it worked. Mm. And so when I, after a year of wasting money, I just said, okay, well, this isn't going to work. And I know I'm supposed to do this business. So I just started speaking for free and I started providing some of my tools for free. And the next thing you know, my program started selling out by simply wow. doing what I love to do, speaking, webinars, you know, networking, do what you love to do, and then look at how you can do it to provide value rather than get someone to buy. And if you could just change the lens from getting someone to buy to how can I serve someone before they buy, mm. it'll work. Yeah, I love that. I love that because it's really all about being in service as opposed to trying to get a client. Exactly. And, and I think sometimes, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with getting clients. And, and, and if you're having trouble getting clients, maybe you need to look at what kind of resistance is inside, right? And at the same time, if we just show up in service and like try to make someone's life better, they're naturally, if, if they don't want to work with you, they probably will refer someone who will work with you, right? Exactly. exactly. And it's about brand awareness. You need thousands of people to be aware that you exist first and foremost, well, then how can, what can you do that you love to do anyway, so that more people are aware? And then how do you do that with an eye towards serving them before they buy? And if you just do that, people will buy. Right. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, what do you see as the future for Share on Purpose and for Shiftco? You know, we are, our first and foremost mission is to change those statistics that 85 to 87% of all conscious entrepreneurs are not growing a thriving business that uh, I wake up every day and go to sleep every day thinking about that. Mm -hmm. So we measure our success, not with how many members we have, but how many members have gotten to the next business phase in the conscious business growth platform. So that is first and foremost, however many members we have is great, but how many get to that second level, what we call shape, where their business is viable. Um, so that's job number one. For Share on Purpose, I have invested so much money in this and I wouldn't change it for, for the world. Mm -hmm. But when we start really getting the returns from the now six concepts that we've launched, I want to create a fund to help 
economically disadvantaged businesses and businesses that are disproportionately impacted because of race or the economy or something like that mm-hmm. and give away scholarships. So that's, you know, that's what Share on Purpose wants to do to give back is to really equip more entrepreneurs in, in um, economically disadvantaged communities um, with the skills and the resources to grow their own conscious business. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Terry, I, like I said before, I could go on for hours with you, unfortunately, coming towards the end of the show. If people want to learn more about you or about your offering Shiftco and Share on Purpose, uh, where can they go? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah, for Shiftco, it's shiftco.global. And um, you can also type in Conscious Entrepreneur and we're going to come up on Google. Um, you can check out Succeed on Purpose, which is where it all started from, or shareonpurpose.com. And then also terrymaxwell.com as well kind of gives the resume and all of the different things that I've done. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. You have anything coming up, any special events or any speaking events, anything you're doing that you want to let our audience know about? Yeah, we've got um, Pure Confidence, which is a free training program we run um, every couple of months coming up in um, on shipco.global. We also have Turning Point. Um, which is a method for figuring out what business actually fits you and um, that fit that I talked about a bit ago. Both of those are coming up in June and both of them are free to the public. Um, And they would be great for your listeners to really check Shipco out and then also, you know, get some valuable tools. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Terry. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. And I really appreciate what you do because you know, I believe that business can be a spiritual practice, right? It, it doesn't have to be like we have these personal beliefs and these spiritual practices at home or on weekends, and that doesn't affect what we're doing the majority of our time during the week, um, but that it, we can actually integrate that in together and that it can all be a, a practice in consciousness, right? Well, Sam, you saw you were on the forefront of that. So I know you believe that and we appreciate what you do as well to spread the message about the true nature of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we definitely have to connect again after the show. I've got a couple of different people I need to connect you with that I think would be wonderful people that a lot of synergies there. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you, my listeners, especially my loyal listeners for tuning in every week. And if you missed any part of today's show, you can catch the recording either on talkradio.nyc, on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, uh, Amazon. Now we're on Pandora. You can find us on iHeartRadio. So pretty much just about anywhere where there's a podcast, Uh, where podcasts are listed, you can find the Conscious Consultant Hour. And if you do find us on those platforms, I'd very much appreciate it if you can give us a review, you know, to say what you like about it so that other people can find us as well. So thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget, later today, 5 p.m., the relaunch of Frank About Health, 6 p.m., Planet Pakalolo, 7 p.m., of course, the Mind Behind Leadership with Graham Dobbin, coming to you from Australia while he's out there. So thank you all for tuning in and we will talk to you next week.
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. 
there's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.